Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. And I have actually one of my favorite people in the whole world, a good friend of mine, um, who's also an expert in retail innovation and a lot of different business and marketing trends. And we're going to continue our conversation around location-based services that we began last week when we talked to Factual. So I want to introduce the most fantastic Anne-Marie Steven, who is president of Street Fight. And Street Fight is an industry... Um, it's an industry publication that covers the business of local marketing, commerce, and technology. They do podcasts. They have um, a newsletter. They also do great events. And retail and the future of it is a big topic, of course. So let's have a big tech cat, hap- ha- a big tech cat welcome for Anne-Marie. That's what I expected to hear, a rousing round of applause from the audience. <laughs> Where, wherever Hi, you go, there's going to be a yeah, round of applause. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of my standard operating procedure, so <laughs> this is so, no um, different. I'm glad, glad to hear. Well, as I was telling everybody, uh, you know, we, you and I are, are really good friends, but I, I want you to um, tell everyone all the interesting things that you've been up to in your background, especially with founding the Retail Innovation Lab, and, and then, how, you know, your journey to Street Fight and then what Street Fight's doing now. So give us give us a sense of your background and how be, how you became this retail guru. Well, thank you. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it's a journey. Life is a journey. So I started in retail. So I have very humble beginnings, but I think also it really serves me well to, to what I do today. You know, it's, it's exciting to you know, see where the path has led me. So I started in retail, uh, so I'm very familiar of a grassroots kind of knowledge in, in stores and, you know, operations. And then I moved into retail technology, uh, selling and, you know, evangelizing new solutions uh, that people hadn't heard of before. So I really cut my teeth on bringing innovative technology to end users, uh, in this case, retailers, brick-and-mortar environments, uh, I started with video analytics, data solutions, enterprise software solutions, hardware software, um, you know, fully uh, baked solutions that that helped to really understand what was happening with consumers in the physical brick and mortar space. And as we've seen how things evolve, you know, things evolve, grow, change, uh, certainly brick and mortar location, any kind of offline environment certainly is uh, undergoing a, a little bit of a, a test right now. I wouldn't say a siege, that's a little too aggressive, but, you know, things have evolved and changed. Uh, and then from there, I started my own uh, business, so an innovation advisory that was focused on, you know, connecting end users with innovative technologies. You know, for me, what I always um, enjoy doing and I found a passion in is helping businesses move the needle on their business. Um, so I'm, I don't want to say in the weeds, but really focused on the how and why things matter. So how do you do that? Why does it matter to my business? Uh, and more of a tactical uh, application of information. So in my innovation advisor, that's what I try to do, you know. Um, so we've worked with retailers, brands, agencies, uh, and tech companies. You know, tech companies uh, actually need to help evangelize their own solutions and communicate uh, directly, so we spend some time doing that. And then with the Retail Innovation Lounge, uh, I launched that a couple of years ago, and we produced that over 12 times in the last couple of years, so it's been busy. Uh, we launched it uh, at South by Southwest, and then, uh, it's been seen. We also had it at CES, uh, NRF Big Show, uh, Shop.org, some of the bigger industry conferences. We've been partners in a part of those shows, as well as uh, doing uh, private uh, workshops for end user customers, for small groups to really connect people um, to each other and connect them with the technologies uh, so they can really get under the hood and learn. Uh, what those technologies do and how they move the needle on the business. And it's, then it's, lastly, uh, though, also, yes, Lori, I was no, going to say the big icing on the cake is uh, Street Fight, right? So I'm very excited about this. So Street Fight is a B2B media publication, as you highlighted. We do uh, we have our online um, uh, digital publication, which is Street Fight, and you can find that at Street Fight Mag. 
M-A-G, all one word, streetfightmag.com, where we cover um, location-based technology. So Street Fight was actually founded nine years ago. Uh, I came in in the fall uh, as president of Street Fight to really move uh, into the next chapter of what, what it means to be local. So Street Fight, we focus on location-based te- technologies primarily. Um, um, so what does that mean to connecting the physical and digital world? That's what I'm most interested in, on elevating that conversation of local from beyond, um, you know, SMB to, you know, an SEO, which certainly those are part of uh, a local ecosystem, but really thinking about, you know, what does local mean to enterprise uh, consumer brands uh, because local certainly is a significant piece of how uh, retailers and brands communicate with the consumer. So that's what we do. We focus on location-based technologies at Street Fight. So it's exciting. And, um, you know, because you and I have known each other and, and you've always sort of um, been able to put together all the different pieces uh, uh, of the industry, um, is there a yeah. particular uh, couple of trends right now that, that you think are really interesting? I know... Uh, Street Fight, uh, which um, I'm enjoying reading, there's an article um, that you wrote about how this month's focus is on local. Um, And I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about what that meant, because we just talked all about location-based trends and how the data is really impacting consumers' lives. And so so can you maybe take us through some of the trends happening in that space? Well, there's a couple things. So this month, uh, this is really good timing for us to be talking uh, today because it is May 1st, May Day. So happy May Day to you, Lori. Um, <laughs> whatever that might mean to whomever, but I have seen other people talking about it. Um, so, yeah, today we kicked off each month. We drive a theme around Street Fight and, you know, the connection to local and location-based technologies. This month's theme is visualizing local. Um, so what does that mean? So we're taking uh, some articles and time to look at things like, um, you know, Google, Google, we actually talk about all the time. Uh, <laughs> we talk about them quite frequently because they're making changes uh, a lot of the time. But things like visual search, right? When, you know, yesterday, Lori, you were there. I hope I'm not, you know, uh, letting the cat out of the bag, but you were at F8. You know, one yes. of the things that they talked about yesterday was the expansion of, you know, shopping on Instagram, right, which is owned by Facebook. So what is the impact of visual uh, on the consumer shopping experience, connecting with consumers? Um, you know, what is visual search? I think we're going to continue, and this is shouldn't be news, but, you know, visual um, is a big part of, I think, what the next generation or the next move, I wouldn't say generation, but the next um, kind of big trend uh, that we will, will be seeing is the focus on uh, visual, search yeah and, visual, and I that, that you know that is true that was right yeah that was a huge topic uh yesterday about how they're going to implement um commerce actually across all of their visual products right so wherever yeah. there's video and images on Facebook whether it's messenger their marketplace or Instagram um you know they're going to be sort of in, in instituting commerce you know so finally we'll get to that sort of buying Jennifer Aniston's T-shirt that those of us who, you know, were involved with interactive television have been trying forever, but now finally it's in social retail that it's going to happen. So that that's kind of exciting stuff. Yeah, I think um, it only makes sense because that's where people are spending their time or visually, you know, um, um, connected, uh, you know, when you look at even, you know, the power of an image is so much stronger, you know, now when we even do uh, our own communications out on social media, we always make sure uh, that we have a social image tied to that in most cases um, because that's what people are drawn to and those get them more more attention, right, is when you have a, a visual connected to that communication. So it only makes sense that, you know, the consumer feels the same way or operates in the same way and you can have it all in one spot. And I agree, like, why wouldn't you want to just click through on something, right? So we talk about the frictionless, seamless shopping experience. This is one way to deliver that. You know, at the end of the day, no matter what business you're in, um, you know, uh, the, 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 you're, we're trying to connect with consumers, no matter what business you're in, 
you know, retail happens to be one, but brands for sure, whether in banking, hospitality, travel, you name it, the idea is to connect with those consumers and drive uh, an action, drive a behavior, drive a result. And oftentimes it's transactions, right? We want to drive a sale. Um, I've been talking about that more and more because I feel like we forget about those pieces. Yes. Um, The job is to drive, uh, you know, drive a sale most cases, you know. And if not, what action are you trying to drive, right? You want to elicit an action out of that end user. No, no, that's great. And um, hold that thought because we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we'll dig into into that point because it's true. It's not just about talking about this stuff, but it's actually – about sales. And I know you have some great case studies about brands that are, are doing really interesting things to, to really engage um, offline retail. So we're going to be back in a moment with my dear friend, Anne-Marie, who is um, a, a guru of all things in retail innovation. And she's the CEO of Street Fight, which is a great publication that focuses on a lot of these topics. We'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hey, everybody, and we are back, and we were talking to Anne-Marie um, Stephen. I always want to say Stefan because I've made her fancier. Um, Stephen, who is uh, the CEO I'm of Street so Fight. I'm That doesn't underestimate my fanciness, though. Just <laughs> She's the CEO of Street Fight. We've been talking about retail innovation and localization and some of the trends happening in this space um, as a, a nice continuation of this topic of how data is impacting consumers' lives when it comes to services being offered to them. And I know you had some great examples of retailers and brands that are uh, that are doing really interesting work in this space. You know, um, yes, I think we've seen some you know, big action around um, some acquisitions lately. A um, couple things. One, or some big call-outs, I would say. One was the uh, McDonald's acquisition of Dynamic Yield, uh, which is a, you know, recommendation and, price, you know, optimization platform. Uh, and I think that, and it was the largest acquisition uh, McDonald's has ever made. Um, big, big, big get there. And, you know, congratulations to the Dynamic Yield people because that is uh, a huge uh growth opportunity for them. But I think what really speaks to is the idea of the acquisition was that it would be to, you know, personalize um, the experience of uh, what products would be recommended. Now, this is, you know, a fast food uh, environment, but at the end of the day, we're trying to serve up products no pun intended, uh, serve <laughs> up, um, got it, um, products, the right product 
to the right consumer at the right time and place. It's really the key to all of this, whether you're in a physical brick and mortar environment or in a digital environment, is connecting with those consumers in an effective way in a one-to-one or one-to-many communication uh, that has relevant information for them. And that's a real trick. You know, there's plenty of conversation still that occurs around, you know, being served up, you know, just as, I don't know what event I was at recently and, and this topic came up, you know, uh, where, you know, we're still being, you know, online served up ads of, let's say, you know, you were looking for a hotel, uh, you know, doing a search on a hotel for your next vacation, you book the hotel, and then now you're receiving ads for, for that hotel or competing hotels after you've already booked right? Your (laughs) vacation. So the relevance and timing piece is still not quite nailed down uh, around personalization across the board. So I think we have a lot, lot of work to do there, but that to me is very local and very personal, Um, you know, tying those activities directly to that consumer. So there's a real gap there, but back to dynamic yield, that's really what McDonald's is trying to do. And it's also been thought that maybe they would not only in terms of using it for product recommendation, but to be using it uh, for potentially, uh, you know, letting it be a tool for dynamic pricing, i.e. different people get charge different amounts for same products uh, that are offered depending on your activity and engagement with the brand. Oh, and, so is, we'll and that's, what that the, that's what that software does that they well, purchase? See, well, see, right? So then if I know who you are, know what your spend is, then I can and certainly um, engage you differently around pricing. So, Oh, cool. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it's that's speculated. Um, one of my, you know, we do a lot surprisingly, you know, on-demand delivery is very local, right? So when we look at on-demand, some of our best-performing stories and the most well-read stories on Street Fight, uh, which is (laughs) streetfightmag.com, our (laughs) best-performing stories, some of them are related to on-demand delivery services, which I think we're going to continue to see that increase. You know, recently, well, gosh, Laura, you probably saw this too, Amazon, I think it was last week, uh, last week in April, announced that they would be moving uh, from a two-day delivery to pushing it to a one-day delivery time. Yeah, closing that window how are they going to do when that? When you can get products, it, I think they're investing eight hundred million uh, mm-hmm. in providing that service. It's a very, very aggressive move um, when other brick-and-mortar retailers and um, you know dining USRs are trying to meet that demand. Um, you know, it's. It really ups the game for other businesses to compete with that because maybe you're not even selling the direct products that might be represented on Amazon, um, but it does set the consumer expectation and continues to reflect uh, how important it is to be closing that window on, on the time from ordering to receiving goods, right? What the expectation right. will be. Um, Recently, we hosted a Retail Innovation Lounge event in January in New York City. So I don't know how recent that is. It's three months, depending on how you're looking at it. But at the beginning of the year, uh, we partnered with the NRF Big Show, and we hosted our Retail Innovation Lounge at the Harmon Store in Samsung. Uh, one of our speakers was uh, from Denny's, uh, Jason Brazil, and he leads innovation over at Denny's. And, you know, he shared a story with us. I preface that because that means it was set out in public, and I'm not disclosing any proprietary information, uh, but, but this is really cool, uh, <laughs> really, really cool and shows you the importance and value of one, thinking it innovatively and creatively out of the box, and then two, uh, the value of mobile and on-demand delivery services. So they, he, um, uh, they created a partnership with Uber Eats, uh, and within 12 months of uh, that partnership being rolled out to all, I believe they have 1,600 locations, their on-demand delivery service uh, generated an increase of sales of 12% to the bottom line. 12% wow. increase in sales. Huge. Within 12 months. It was, right. it was thought of, deployed, implemented, and in the field within 12 months to all those locations, and they saw a 12% increase in sales. Wow. So you can't argue with that. <clears throat> you can't. And, you know, and I uh, was moderating that panel, and I asked the audience, they said, now, 
raise your hands if you thought you knew you needed Denny's on demand, right? Right, right. Of course. I mean, it's not necessarily intuitive, but then when you think about it, depending <laughs> depending who you are, you might think it's intuitive, but I don't think that the majority of us would have looked at that and said, that's something I need. But I think it's reflective of what is happening for the consumer, right? So then we see... Um, you know, Trader Joe's earlier this year um, stopped their delivery service. So they were um, delivering groceries, in, I think, it just in a few markets. But they uh, stopped doing delivery, right? Uh, yeah, and why, why is than, that? Why? I, well, I think it's really interesting because it's very expensive, right? These kinds of systems, you have to create a partnership. I think, you know, in the, in the case of Denny's, you know, in a partnership with Uber Eats, that that looks after some of those, um, you know, the cost of operating, the cost of operation um, for, you know, like Amazon is taking on their own delivery service, right, and putting that window on themselves. Um, that's very expensive to do. Most folks can't do it, and it cuts into margins, right? So Trader Joe's is no longer doing the delivery service. So there are other alternative services that are interesting that I think we're going to continue to see rise when you look at a company like a curbside, for example, who's using location-based services uh, to track those consumers. There's a couple of them, but curbside, you know, uh, they have a, a suite of offerings they, they uh, have, but one of the tools is a curbside pickup. So we understand whether it's in a mall-based environment or whether it's in a you know, a retailer or a quick service restaurant that you can do location tracking on that consumer, they can place their order, then you could know um, based on location-based services when they're going to uh, approach the store so you can time out when orders are prepared, when your associates are out on the curbside or wherever it is you have your pickup, designated pickup, and it's there to meet them at the time and the place when they're ready, right? And that's all driven through, in part, location-based technologies. So you understand um, more readily how to deliver that product to the consumer at the right time and place, you know, so you get your meal fresh, steaming hot, rather than it sitting under a red-hot light, you know, waiting for you to show up. So I think we'll see more of those opportunities. Yeah, and it's a cost-effective way to creatively think about how do you meet that demand, which we're that is that is the expectation, particularly when you see an Amazon making such a big play to a one day. I mean, frankly, when I look at online delivery services, if I can't get it same day or one day, I don't even look at those products to purchase. So, you know, the consumer expectation, whether the end user shares the same mindset, it's really irrelevant because the consumer is being conditioned in the market to have the near instant gratification that they would experience historically if they had walked into a brick and mortar uh, environment, right? So you get the surprise and delight factors and then that instant gratification from making a purchase in person. So so it's a, it's a combination of, of many, many, sort of stimulize that we know c- consumers like. I mean, I, it's so funny because you would, when, when you're talking and you're talking about how these different brands are responding to things, like I would love a Trader Joe's delivery service. Like that's the bane of my existence that that's the I one really thing. I was really surprised. Yeah. That I have to go and do. It's operate though, right? And right. grocery is one where the margins are very thin. Um, of course, there's everyone in business will tell you they, they don't, they would like better margins. <laughs> You know, grocery right. farms, they have fairly uh, thin margins, and it's tough and competitive. So, you know, I can only speculate, but I believe that that would be one of the largest um, barriers to entry is that it impacts the margin, right? And Trader Joe's is known for um, having great prices, um, you know, great products at great prices. So I think that makes that very complicated uh, for them, you know? I mean, yeah. you know, Amazon... Yeah is making, you know, generates revenue from a variety of sources that are not uh, actually the primary thing that we generally as consumers use them from for is purchasing, right? right. So you're actually generating revenue from alternative sources. They're actually, you know, advertising is their number one, I think their number one revenue generator, right? Yeah, it's the largest advertising platform. Yeah, it's Amazon Web Services. It's their AWS, their cloud platform is where they're they're making 
you know, most of their money, but but you're absolutely right. It's so expensive to play in this game. And then when you hear about like what McDonald's is doing, which I would never think about that. I would never yeah. think that's something for them to do. All right, well, we have to take another break um, and we're going to talk some more to Amory Smarty Pants about retail innovation and all of these interesting trends when we come back and maybe dig into some other market trends that are happening that swirl in and out of of the world that you're in and what you're doing with Street Fight. Um, I'd love to hear about some other things that you think that like kind of turn you on in this space, um, uh, you know, in terms of business. <laughs> when we come back on the Tech Cat Show, we've been talking to Anne-Marie Steven, who is just a, a genius girl on the future of retail. We'll be back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we're back, and we've been digging into retail innovation and location-based services and the power of local and finding out um, about brands that are really engaging in interesting ways and reinventing their business um, by partnering and making interesting purchases. And we've been talking to Amory Steven, who is the CEO of Street Fight, which is a publisher and an event company. Um, who, and they also do private events who are really uh, speaking to the expertise uh, around um, retail and commerce and all the things happening. Um, so we, we were just talking about um, offline about um, Facebook. I just came from F8, which is their yearly conference for their developers, where uh, Mark Zuckerberg took the stage at the, as the keynote and talked about privacy um, and that privacy is like the new focus for Facebook. And it, and it was clearly a reaction to the trouble that they're in. Um, but I, w- I would love to hear what your take on it is, Amory, and just what's happening in privacy in general, because that seems to be what everybody is talking about right now, because that's what consumers want to hear. You know, I think you're right. I think this is the first year, maybe last year, consumers got a jarring awareness Though, the, you know, us in the industry or we in the industry understand and know that data is, data is king and, and you, we've been being tracked for years and years. If you have a mobile device, you know, at all, if you're using, you know, any kind of internet or computer, we're being tracked constantly all the time uh, and we're generating data, uh, volumes and volumes and volumes of data as individuals and as, you know, and as a society. Uh, but, you know... <laughs> 
it's only this year uh, I feel, you know, between last year and this year, privacy certainly has bubbled to the top because consumers are becoming more and more aware. Uh, it's going to be an issue, um, a volatile issue throughout 2019, 2020, uh, because we don't really have answers to those questions. I think you're right. I mean, you know, his uh, Facebook took a very aggressive stance yesterday and just beating it beating the drum around we're privacy, you know, focused, it's all about privacy, you can have conversations that we don't even know about, you know, um, it was pretty over the top, and I think that that is very much a strong reaction to what's about to come. It's important for Facebook, Google, Amazon uh, to stay ahead of those privacy conversations when it comes to Capitol Hill. Although we all saw some of those, uh, you know, you know, when uh, Sundar Pichai from Google was in front of Congress, as well as Mark Zuckerberg uh, was in front of Congress last year in front of the uh, committees, and uh, it was astonishing the gap uh, of the knowledge gap between, you know, our, our administering law, you know, creating bodies, and what's really happening in technology. Uh, data is the new currency. Make no mistake about it. Uh, the consumer is generating the data, right? That's what we need to know. But this isn't new. This has been going on well before Silicon Valley ever existed. But now we just have these tools that are allowed to allow us to get much more granular into who these consumers are, um, you know, at a very, very granular level. So the question I think then becomes is who owns the data? Who owns the data? Is it Lori's data? Is it Anne Marie's data or is it McDonald's data, Facebook's data? Who owns that data? Right. I think that, you know, we don't know the answer to those questions yet. It sits in the netherworld of of that. You know, we just don't know who owns it yet. So it's going to be uh, a a conversation that accelerates, uh, and I think it might get worse before it gets better, but... You know, the fact of the matter is our data is out there. We're being tracked. You know, brands, um, any kind of uh, business uses data to help make better business decisions. Some data is, you know, might be considered personal. Some might be considered general, right? Um, in the location world, uh, mobile, to, mobile devices are tracked every day. Whether if you have your location services enabled, uh, your app is tracking you uh, everywhere you go. You'll see questions now around your apps that allow you to say, you know, only, you know, enable my location base, uh, my location uh, when I'm using the app or keep my location services on all the time. I mean, that that is a huge question uh, for any technology company in the location space for sure around data. But mobile devices are tracked even anonymously um, just for behavior patterns, for example. So they don't know who you are, or, or but they do know the patterns. They're able to grab those signals to understand how a consumer navigates an offline environment, right? So we know where they, you know, general patterns of traffic, footfall traffic throughout a space. So, you know, I think it, it could come down to what kind of data it is. I don't have the answer uh, on yeah. that today, but I mean, <laughs> just a it lot was- of speculation. <laughs> It was when I when we were sitting there listening to it, especially even in person, I just kept thinking, well, there's protecting us from the government getting a hold of our data, which is part of what they were talking about, because they're also trying to protect their users from being investigated by the government and having people go back into old messages and use it against them if they're running for office or for some legal issue. But then they're also saying but we're going to also protect you from us. And so it's hard to know who to trust, the government, which is asking for more regulation, but can also just walk up to any tech company and say, give me that data, we're suing somebody. Or do you trust the tech company? And then is privacy anyway just an idea and not really true anymore anyway? And should we care? You know? Yeah, I think uh, trust is a significant piece of how this will all be managed and perceived and legislated, right? Yeah. So it's in Facebook's best interest to 
get out in front of it or any one of these other companies, but since they spoke yesterday, but it's in their best interest to establish trust because frankly, they've violated trust, right? So we've seen that. So when consumers feel their trust is violated, they push back and then there's becomes more and more questions. And certainly then that, you know, creates a fissure, a little crack where Congress can get in, which is where the tech companies would prefer to help navigate the legislation, um, you know, kind of self-regulate and then be a part of whatever potential legislation uh, gets created in their best interest. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good that's a really good point too. Like, be part of the conversation because I kept thinking too when listening to uh, Zuckerberg speak was that awful, awkward interview that the Congress. Congress um, did with him. Oh, it's awful. And yeah, it was terrible. like these. And the other thing these, I'll point out too, sorry, Lori, one thing I do want to mention, and this is very important for startup companies, the startup and innovation communities, is that when you have these big organizations, uh, companies, powerful, and they have powerful lobbies in Washington, Facebook, Google, Amazon, etc., those big powerhouse companies are able to create an influence at a high level because they are cash rich, what privacy regulations could be. And when they do that, for example, is it having a server in every state? If that's the case, for which has been discussed, how does an, a startup company compete with that? And the problem is they don't. Innovation then begins to suffer potentially because these problems have gotten so big and the only ones that can, can compete and stay in are the guys that have the deepest pockets. And who is that? We know who they are today. So that also impacts our greater kind of standing in the world. It's a big problem. You know, it, it goes beyond just, you know, I feel like me as a consumer on an individual level want to control my own data to impacting, you know, national economy and, and innovation in the United States. I mean, that's really kind of a heavy right, idea, right. but it's, it's, it's reality. Right, right, right. Uh, it's, um, it, it's just part of the current slog of things that we have to sort of, you know, move through um, as, as we navigate, you know, how public, um, you know, social media and data ha- is making our experiences, Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And are there other um, business trends, too, that you think are impacting all of this madness? You know, we're seeing more around the idea of influencers shifting. I think that that may shift and change. Uh, I just saw something very interesting like this. You know, when you have the celebrity influencers and we talk about trust and authenticity, I think when now the consumers know that not only celebrity influencers, but other influencers that are maybe Instagram celebrities or, you know, social media celebrities, um, maybe not known, widely known entertainment celebrities as we might think of them, but they, um, you know, a lot of, they've been generating revenue and money and income from uh, promoting products. I think we're seeing a consumer response that's shifting in that arena, uh, even to where we're looking at how Instagram photos are being generated and created. So historically, they've been very uh, crafted. Uh, now we're seeing a slight shift into uh, staged and crafted and lighting, even if you're uh, not a celebrity, right? So now we're moving into a place where we're seeing the popularity of um, social media uh, influencers being much more organic and raw, untouched yeah. uh, photos. So I think we'll we'll continue to see that. But I'm curious to see if, if that influencer trend just doesn't go away and we'll get into more micro uh, influencers because it's back to that idea of trust. Trust yep, is trust. Yep. Do I trust you? So if you are you know, um, being paid to promote a particular product or service, how can I trust you? Do you really like it? Or do you like it because you're paid to like it, right? Right. Yeah, you have to 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 be transparent. Right, you have to be transparent. Yeah, I have to be transparent. And and I I am seeing, um, at least on the influencer side, and this was really clear to me with Facebook, is as 
small businesses uh, begin to leverage their platforms, um, especially on Instagram. And to your point, local becomes even more of a bigger deal. It's going to be the local influencer, right? The influencer that's related to that small business, not some Kim Kardashian Instagram hit, but rather the store you love to go to and the person that you love at the store and what they're doing and how they push their products. Um, so, so I think that's all, it's all kind of really interesting and it takes the weight off of, um, you know, the having to get a Kim Kardashian, you know, um, cause yeah. you don't, you, you, you really don't. Um, all right. We're going to be back uh, one more time with the fabulous, um, Anne-Marie, um, to talk about, um, where she's going and what she's doing. Anne-Marie attends a lot of, uh, trade shows and conferences just like I do. In fact, we are frequently roommates. <laughs> at many of these shows, but I would love to hear some of the things that you're seeing at these shows that you think are interesting. And then um, where are you speaking next and where is Street Fight going to be next? Um, So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show, getting insights about retail and tech trends and all sorts of of other interesting things from the CEO of Street Fight, Anne-Marie Stephan. Stephen, Stefan. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we're back for our last segment. We've been talking to Anne-Marie Steven, who is a retail innovation expert, and she's the CEO of Street Fight, which is a publishing and event company that's really focused on providing information about commerce and retail and technology innovation. Um, and Amory, I know you speak at a lot of shows and you go to a lot of shows just like I do to keep up with all of this. What, what do you have coming up? What's, what's next for Street Fight? Oh, my goodness. So I'm very excited uh, about what we have left for the rest of this year. I can't believe it's going so fast. So in... June, we'll be hosting an event around the Retail X uh, Summit. We'll be partnered with uh, Remedista and their Innovation Community Day. So then we'll be hosting a small event after that on June 24th, Monday in Chicago. Um, so details to come, but that is happening. Then in July, uh, Retail Innovation Lounge and Street Fight will be part of the LEAD Summit, which very excited. These guys are putting together a great show. Uh, really focused on the DN, you know, the future of retail and 
digitally native vertical brands, a huge piece of what we're going to be talking about there uh, at the LEAD Summit in general. So this is really a forward-thinking, a now and forward-thinking conversation uh, at the LEAD Summit in July in Brooklyn. So July 9 and 10. Uh, Certainly you can reach out to us for more information on how to attend that particular event. Um, And then in the fall, we're Pretty soon, in the next coming weeks, keep an eye out, we will be opening uh, and announcing the opportunity to uh, nominate yourself or others for our annual Street Fight Awards. So we'll be hosting uh, that event in the fall in New York City. So we anticipate opening up nominations in the next couple of weeks here. And then we will uh, announce some of our finalists at the June 24 event in Chicago, followed by an award show in the fall in New York City. So very excited about what we have on tap for Street Fight. And then we'll be doing a series of, you know, uh, regional events as well throughout the year. So stay tuned. Uh, And you can always find out more information on streetfightmag.com. I'd also encourage you to sign up for our daily newsletter. It is um, a great source, a great quick read of the daily, you know, news and location. Um, we cover a lot of the changes, particularly around uh, what Google and Facebook are doing because they're always making changes around search. So we do get into the weeds and a lot of the industry turns to us to, to really keep up with those kinds of trends as well as, um, you know, macro trends in the business. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. I know I'm tired, your, but I'm excited. <laughs> what's your favorite? What's your favorite show that you've been to? Oh wow, that's a great question. You know, I get something out of everything, right? Whether it's a large, small. I think the intimate shows I like are the smaller ones where you can really connect, and that's what we strive to do is create, um, you know, facilitate connection between uh, peers. So for me, I really like that. Big shows, look, I mean, you're not going to get away from a CES. I think they always have something there, although it's a monster. Uh, you know that with your story tech tours that you do there at CES, right. Lori. Um, we've hosted Retail Innovation Lounge there. So, you know, when you want to get ahead of it and really see what's happening and what's to come, you know, CES is a really strong one. Uh, in the industry, you know, retail, we have, you know, the Lead Summit that I'm happy to partner with uh, for July is an up-and-comer, but they keep it nice and intimate. We talk about the future, the now, um, really curate an amazing group of retailers and brands. And again, you know, feel free to reach out to me and let me know. You can always email me and I can, can help out with some information there, but I really like what they're doing. Um, and then, oh, I forgot to mention, also, uh, I happen to be on the advisory board of the Millennium Alliance, which is an executive education group, uh, and I'll be speaking at two of those events. And those I love because those are exactly the kinds of things that I want. It's a great network, great audience. Uh, So I'll be speaking at the Digital Retail Transformation Summit in Atlanta on May 20 and 21. And then, uh, again, yeah, uh, it's really great. They always have a great venue and an amazing group of people, great information. Uh, And then I will also be speaking at uh, the CMO event that they're hosting in June in Green Valley, at the Green Valley Ranch in Las Vegas. So I'm looking forward to both of those uh, as well. So it's going to be a busy time. Yeah, and and do you find I, I mean do you find it valuable to to um, to be at these shows personally, or is it good enough to, you know, say go to um, a street fight and read about them? Like, what, when when do you make the decision to go, or when do you make if the decision to, you know, what would I recommend someone do? I would recommend someone uh, read Street Fight Daily, so subscribe to that for sure. For sure. Uh, So you don't miss a thing. Uh, You know, for me personally, you know, I would love to say I could get to everything. I can't. For me, where I get the most value and really, you know, back to what I was talking about at the beginning is the how and why things matter is really making those meaningful connections with peers. You know, it's been my experience that people want three things. One is they want to meet and connect with uh, people who have similar interests and challenges to themselves around their business. So we want to network and connect. And also people are looking for the next potential new role, right? So we want a community to connect to. Um, We want to get under the hood of what these solutions do and how they get, 
you know, how they move the needle on our business. And number three, what I really find and what has changed is no one wants to be sold to anymore in the classic sense. I really believe people want to exchange information with each other, whether it's from a vendor and, you know, to an end user or, you know, amongst your peer group. It's really a value exchange of information uh, that people find most valuable. So for me, I like much more, um, although I value CES and it's great uh, for kind of getting, you know, the first look at things. I also really appreciate and find get the feedback even from our events that when there are more curated, small, smaller crowd, you know, maybe it's, a, you know, a thousand people, less than 3,000 people, um, you know, you feel like you get more value out of, out of all of those elements of a show. Yeah, it seems like um, the these association or niche shows, certainly which I'm starting to, you know, uh, work at are um, very valuable to attendees because they go further down the funnel. You can meet the people you have to meet. Again, those influencers yeah. we were talking about, are there people like you who are experts in in that topic are there um well we're gonna have to um to end the show soon but um where can we where can we read um your tweets and your blogs and your posts i know street fight street fight dot com and you can also sign up for our newsletter there uh and you can follow me on social media and it's um at Anne marie so a-n-n-e-m-a-r-i-e underscore AMS, my initials, Anne-Marie Steven. So at Anne-Marie underscore AMS, and you'll find me on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, of course. So feel free to link in with me. And you do a lot of great posting. Um, so, I so do. I, I, yeah. <laughs> so I'll be, um, <laughs> I, uh, I, no, it's great. You know, I, I do get great feedback. Uh, so I, I like uh, LinkedIn as a professional network. So I do a lot of posting on LinkedIn um, as well as Twitter. Yeah, it's a great place, actually, to follow someone like you to learn about what McDonald's and Walmart and all these guys are doing because you're, you're curating that expertise for us. And that's why th- mm, these platforms mm. are so great um, when people like you you post and things like that. Um, well, it's been so great to, to talk to you um, more like a, as a expert instead of just as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with all the great work that you're doing with Street Fight and also with your innovation labs and just all the different things that you're, you're doing. So um, thank you so much uh, from our audience and from me for joining us today. Great. Thank you, Laura. Look forward to doing it again. All right, everybody. We've been talking to Anne-Marie Stevens um, from <laughs> Street Fight Um, a retail expert based in New York. So if you have any questions, please reach out to Anne-Marie. And we will see you next week with hopefully someone as insightful um, as Anne-Marie is. Thank you, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 